So, church, the Word of God talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus. We can go to Hebrews, the third chapter, and find those words there. That's important for you and I to do, fixing our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on the Word of God every day. That truly is a way in which we can anchor ourselves during the storms of life. So let us go there now. Let us go to the Gospel of Mark the fourth chapter, the 41st verse there. Let us read these words responsibly, and then we'll move into a time of prayer. So please join me. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Amen and amen. Church, let us go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Ever-present God, we thank you for being here with us right now. In the chaos of our lives, we often forget that you are always with us, always seeking to bring us peace. We feel overwhelmed, as if the world around us is a heaving, crashing sea, and we are adrift in a small boat unable to keep the waves from closing over us. Only you and you alone can bring order out of this chaos. All you have to do, O oh God, is say the word, and we know that the seas will be calmed and we will be safe. Even as we say these words, O oh God, we can hear how foolish they are to the world's ears. You, the God of our lives, are also the God of order. Bring order, Lord, to our lives, and in doing so, take care, Lord, of all of those concerns that rise up around us like storm waves. So calm the seas of our busyness, O God. Still the waters of our doingness, O God. Let us drift on the gentle swells of your love, of your care, of your graciousness, and of your salvation that is here now and here to come. Lord, we give thanks to you, O oh God, for being our loving Father. Lord, forgive us of the sin that we commit, for your word tells us, O oh God, that your love is like a wellspring. So I pray, Lord, that we are in fact bathed in that wellspring this day. I pray, Lord, that that is indeed a reminder that when we are in that boat being tossed about in, on the stormy seas, that that ray of light, that wellspring of love, that second chance is there for the taking. I pray, Lord, that we receive it and that we take it in with grace, with mercy, and with thanks. Lord Jesus, we offer our thanks unto you for what you have done, for what you are doing, and for what you will always and forever will do. And we ask this in Jesus' holy and powerful name. 
who gave us the Lord's Prayer, praying together now. Please join me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, I am turning now to the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter, verses 35 through 41. So if you have your Bibles in front of you, please turn there now. The text will also be on the screen. Let me offer a word of prayer for us as we get into the Word of God. Let us go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray your abundant blessing upon this your word and the proclamation of it. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that this message, your word, will be a blessing to those that are here this day. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. So, church, I'm going to ask out of respect for the good news of Jesus Christ, if you would, please stand this morning and hear the good news of our Lord from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus calms the storm. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, "'Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown?' When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Church, this is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. And you may be seated. So, uh, church, as I was looking over this uh, text uh, this week and for this morning, uh, I, I, I was thinking about, um, about something that you and I have uh, certainly all heard at, at one point in our lives or another. It, it's, a, it's a term. It's a catchphrase. Uh, it's an aha moment. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? An aha moment. It's like, it's like if, if you were to see that in a cartoon, it would be that light bulb moment, that uh, moment where you're uh, enlightened or, or you have a moment of clarity, an aha moment. And, and look, aha moments come throughout life, do they not? Whether you're reading something, whether you're having a conversation with someone, maybe you see something uh, on television and it just clicks with you. You know, you're, you're, you're really kind of understanding the points and how they all kind of fit together. An aha moment, okay? Uh, this text, okay, is one of those aha moments, okay? Certainly for the disciples that are in the boat with Jesus, but also for all believers, okay? There's some things that I want to pull from this text that are aha moments about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that are, that are noteworthy. So I, I want to take this text uh, line by line because that's, that's how rich uh, this is. So let, let me pick up uh, with verse 35 here, right from the beginning. Uh, the Scripture says this, As evening came, so we're nearing dusk. It's getting about dark, okay? An important detail there. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake, okay? Now, what, what we need to know is, is that lake is actually uh, the Sea of Galilee, okay? So to, to cross uh, to the other side of this lake, here's what we need to know, okay? For these early Christians that were moving out from Jerusalem, okay? They were moving out from a, from a Jewish area to a non-Jewish area called Gentile country, okay? So when Jesus would say, let's cross to the other side, they are moving, okay, across this lake, across the Sea of Galilee into a non-Jewish area, into Jew, Gentile Okay, a Gentile community, a Gentile region. Here's what's profound about that, okay? That Jesus is not only the Lord and Savior for the Jewish people, but also for the Gentile people as well, okay? Said another way, Jesus Christ is the Savior for all of mankind. Now, that's powerful. That's good stuff, okay? That's something that you and I need to be reminded of each and every day. Jesus is not just for one person. Jesus is not just for a uh, body of people. He is the Savior for all of mankind. That's good stuff. That's powerful. Okay, so moving into this text, let's cross uh, to the other side of the lake, okay, going into Gentile country. But here's another thought, okay, about crossing onto the other side, okay? Think of the other side of anything in life as a test, a test for the disciples, a test for you and I. Think about it in this way. The other side of good health is what? Bad health, poor health. You're struggling with your health. The other side, a challenge, 
a test, okay? He, here's, here, here's another way of looking at it, okay? What is the other side of a honeymoon? Marriage, which takes work, it takes effort, it takes prayer, it takes a miracle, right? It takes love, it takes dedication, the other side, okay? Anything in life can have the other side, right? Which is the test, the challenge that comes, okay? What I'm getting at is when Jesus speaks about the other side, a test is coming. A test is coming in this boat for the disciples. Okay, hold on to that thought. Verse 36, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Here's what's important about this. If you read the scriptures that, that, that are before this text, okay, what you'll see is that Jesus has been very busy. He's been preaching, he's been teaching, he's been healing, he has been engaged in ministry. Therefore, his humanity, okay, his human self, it's tired, he's weary, okay? He's quite frankly exhausted. But here's the thing, Jesus being in the boat with the disciples he is alone with them. This is a moment where it's just the disciples and Jesus, which is powerful stuff. Because Jesus, as we see throughout the Gospels, he's so oftentimes around other people besides the disciples. But Jesus has them all alone. There is a test coming. Therefore, Jesus needs just his disciples there with them because a teaching moment is going to come through this test. Now, let me say one other thing about verse 36. Now, in my Bible, this part is in parentheses, okay? It says this, although other boats followed, okay? That's verse 36 in parentheses. Bible scholars, okay, tell us that there are details in the Word of God, okay, that are not necessarily essential details. They don't drive the story forward, but it's an example of an eyewitness account. So if you think about it, this little detail about other boats that followed, that doesn't necessarily drive the Scripture forward, but it gives us important detail because the writer, Mark, was a stickler for detail. He had a critical eye, if you will, for detail. And there's going to be something else that comes up that points us that way as well. Mark, he's very astute. He's got a good eye, attention to detail. So he's telling us things here, okay? Let me pick up with verse 37. But soon a fierce storm came up. 
high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Here it is. The tension is rising, okay? We have this storm and it is rocking the boat. The disciples are absolutely terrified as you and I would be as well. The scripture even says this is not just a wimpy storm, right? This is in fact a fierce storm. High waves were breaking into the boat and the boat began to fill with water. Again, Mark, he's giving us ample detail here. Verse 38, Jesus was sleeping Don't you love that? During this whole time, the disciples literally think they are going to die. Water is crashing against them. Water is filling up that boat, but yet Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Why is Jesus sleeping? Remember, he's tired. He's exhausted okay? That's his human nature. And it's also dark time, okay? Hey, it's dark. He's going to hit the sack, okay? He is going to bed. Meanwhile, the disciples are absolutely terrified. Here's another detail, okay, that doesn't necessarily drive the story forward, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an important detail for the writer here Jesus had his head on a cushion. Did you, did, you, did you take note of that? It was probably a my pillow. For those of you who have my pillows, aren't they great? You can smush those things and bend those things and put them in your suitcase. His head was on a my pillow cushion, okay? So he is soundly sleeping, okay? All is good with Jesus. The, the, the disciples, though, they are extremely stressed out. Verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples then, because they're terrified, woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? Let that just sink in for a moment. That's a very human response, is it not? Put yourself in the shoes of these disciples. You're in this boat. Your Lord, your teacher is sleeping Meanwhile, the waves are going crazy. The boat is filling up with water. You are absolutely terrified. Lord, we are going to drown. Why are you sleeping? A crisis moment, church, a crisis moment that could happen to any one of us where it literally feels as though our life is at such a stressful point that we are going to drown. A human moment and a human response. Church, here's the thing about storms, the storms in life, okay? The storms in life that we will face, okay, will test us. They will test us in a big way. They will test us in the way and show us something about where we are at in our lives with the Lord, where our heart 
is at with the Lord. And what I mean by that is when we come to that crisis point in our lives, when the storms are raging, when the seas are roaring, and when our own boat is sinking, we come to that moment of crossroads. Either our heart, church, will be filled with faith, or our heart will be filled with fear. Did you hear that? When we come to that crisis moment, when we come to that crossroads, when the storms hit us, will our hearts be filled with faith or will our hearts be filled with fear? Which direction are you going to take? How is your relationship with the Lord in this very moment? Because a storm in your life will test that. It will test that. It will challenge you. It will push you. But here's the thing. Do not, church, let it defeat you. Let me go on now. I'm picking up with verse 39. When Jesus woke up, okay, when he woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, what? Silence, be Still, after all of this drama, after all of this excitement, after all of this stress, after all of this distress and disarray, what did Jesus do? Did you catch that? I love this. And this is one of those aha moments, okay? Pay close attention to this. An aha moment about Jesus. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. You see, church, this is an aha moment about Jesus because it shows them, the disciples, and us as Christians that Jesus is no mere man. Yes, he's got man in him. There is humanity in Christ, but there is also divinity which means he is the son of man. He is the God-man. He has such power, the power of God, that he can literally stare the waves down and say, what? Silence, be still. That's powerful. That's the God, the God-man that we worship. That is the God-man that we serve. That church is good news for us to hear this day. Scripture says this, suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Wow. All Jesus had to do, church, is speak it, and it happened. Do you know of a preacher or a human being besides Jesus Christ who could stare down the winds and the waves and say, peace, be still. I don't. I think there are some preachers that think they can do that, but I don't know of any. Jesus can do that by merely saying it. That, church, is the Lord that we serve. That is good stuff. 
Jesus says this, verse 40, then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Wow. Jesus puts it back on them. He puts that question of faith back on them. Lord, save us was just a few lines before. Jesus did his mighty act through the power of God, and then he puts it back on them. Where is your faith? Church, let me ask you a very important question. On this 20th day of June, Father's Day, the year 2021, how is your relationship with the Lord in this very moment? How is it? How really is it? Do you feel as though you're just giving the Lord lip service, telling the Lord what you think he wants to hear? Are you literally just having a surface level relationship with the Lord? You know, church, there are a lot of surface level people living in this world. You see it in the relationships that they have with one another. And that, of course, will always reflect in their relationship with God as well. Just a surface-level relationship. It's just literally just scratching the surface. But you know what? Here's what happens. If you just have a surface-level relationship with the Lord and a storm comes in your life, and it rocks your boat. It rocks your world. It throws you back and forth, and you feel as though your boat, church, is sinking. Then what? What do you have to rely on? Chances are, through that storm, you're only going to see darkness. You're only going to be consumed by those waves, and then there's just defeat and exhaustion and bitterness and rage, and you begin to play the blame game. Hey, it's her fault. Hey, it's her fault. It's his fault. It's somebody else's fault. A surface-level relationship. Whereas, church, what Jesus is saying is go deep. Go deeper than just a surface-level relationship with me. Go deep in your prayer. Go deep in the Word of God. Go deep with worship. Go deep in your Christian life because the storms will come. But a person of faith who goes deep always is able in faith to see beyond the dark clouds, to see beyond the storm, to see beyond the waves, to be able not to just hear with the ears, but to hear with the heart. Jesus' voice when he said, silence, be still, 
Because you see, what the Word of God says is, Jesus has already conquered the world, you see? So a person of faith is always fixing their eyes, not on the storm, but on the victory of Jesus Christ, who has conquered the world, church. Verse 41, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Here's another aha moment. Who is this man, they asked each other. Here it is. Even the wind and waves obey him with the word. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Church, let me close with two things. And I've put them on the screen here. And we will email out these things uh, along with uh, the, uh, the sermon this day. First is this. There are going to be times when we just need to hear the voice of Jesus saying, Peace. Peace be to your troubled heart. Peace be to your troubled soul. Be still. Peace be still. But here's the thing, and preachers are absolutely the worst at doing that, and that is we got to quit talking, right? We got to zip it, zip it. My teacher used to say that all the time growing up, zip it. We got to zip it. We got to be quiet enough. We've got to zip it enough to hear Jesus speaking. Oh, Jesus is speaking. God is speaking. The question always is for us is, are we listening, right? Are we listening? Oh, Jesus is speaking. Yes, indeed. Jesus speaks in the Word of God. Jesus speaks through others. Jesus speaks through the power of prayer. But are we listening? Are we hearing the words of Jesus say to us during the times of trial and tribulation and storm? Peace. Be still. That might be the very words that we need to hear from the voice of God. Here's the other thing. Not all storms, and I love this, I, I absolutely love this. Not all storms come to disrupt our life. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever thought of a storm as a, a non-disruptive entity? It's kind of hard for us to think about since, since uh, we, we live in a state that's rocked by so many storms. So think, on, think of it in a spiritual sense for a moment, okay? Not all storms come to disrupt our life. Some storms, some storms come to clear the path. How about that? They come to clear the path. They help, those storms do, help us see something more clearly. They offer, in fact, clarity for our lives. How about that? A storm. A storm that we so often look at as dangerous, and rightfully so, as destructive, and rightfully so. How about a storm that can actually come and clear the way? Maybe we've got some baggage in our spirits that we need 
to allow a storm to come through and clear some of that so that our vision is not so distorted, so that our spirits are not so heavy, but it can come and offer clarity. Clear the way, if you will, to God. Let me close with this. In a couple of chapters, right after chapter 4, there is a man who, who had a very tragic situation happen to him. Uh, he lost uh, a child. Jesus brought uh, this child back to life. This man offers a prayer, okay? I call it the believer's prayer, a prayer that I think is so fitting for each and every one of us because it speaks to where we're at in life. And that is, hey, look, we want to live the very best life we can live each and every day for God, for our family, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our coworkers and colleagues. But there are times when we are rocked by those storms, and we need just an extra dose of the Spirit in God's presence. Here it is. I'll just invite you to turn there and read the Scripture in its entirety. But these were the Father's words, and this is ministered to me so many times. He says this, I do believe. I do believe, Lord, but help me overcome my belief. Wow. The believer's prayer, fitting for us all. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, you have placed this scripture in the Word of God for us here this day because it speaks, Lord, to all of us in so many different ways, on so many different levels. Lord, we've all been in that boat, and we have all been rocked by the waves and the sea and the wind, Lord, and that is stressful, and that is demanding. And quite honestly, there are probably times that we have been in that boat where we literally have thought that we were going to die. Lord, that is a tough place to be in. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we as people of faith can be so anchored in your presence that we know that despite those waves and that wind, despite us being in that boat and all of that water that looks so threatening, that your mighty hand is in fact under that boat and around that boat and has that boat secured because you have conquered the world, O oh God, and there is life, abundant life, eternal life on the other side of that storm. That is the good news. That is the aha moment that we need in Jesus Christ this day. Bless, Lord, our congregation. Bless our community. Bless our state and bless the U.S. of A. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.